0: welcome back to the adventure mechanics i'm chandler
1: i'm Devin. and i'm tom
0: and today we are bringing the darling of fall winter 2021 project zomboid for those that aren't familiar with project zomboid it's an isometric ish um zombie survival simulator um i affectionately call it uh survival sims but um the core of the gameplay is wandering around looking for supplies to keep surviving and either engaging or avoiding zombies so that's kind of the super cliff notes of it but uh i feel like that gets the main gist of the single player experience of project Zomboy. what do you two think
1: I think that I've never really gotten good at the whole avoiding
0: zombies thing, but uh, other than that, I agree. Okay, fair, fair. (laughs) Yeah, so Project Zomboid was created by the Indie Stone, um, which is a group of developers out of the UK. Um, It started way back in 2011. Um, They released the pre-alpha demo, which is still available as a side note and if you go back and play it now um, you'll notice that there are a few details in it that uh, aren't in the main game anymore but yeah all of the main bones were still there even way back in 2011 and one of the reasons why it's still around is because it Was released to Steam Early Access in about 2013. The other reason why it's been in development so long is because sometime in 2011, I think late 2011, if memory serves, the Indie Stone was actually broken into, like their development studio, and all of their laptops were stolen. And they did not have any sort of backups. So yeah, that really sucked and put them back. I think, about over a year, if memory Mm. serves. Wow. It could have actually been longer because they did have a good amount of development done before the burglary, and they kind of took a long time to get back on their feet. But considering how Project Zomboid is now in the top 20, I believe, for Steam's most played games, or most concurrent users right now, um, yeah, it's a just one of the many hills that they have uh ascended to make this beautiful gem of a game
1: i actually wasn't aware of that that's amazing that they stuck it out and especially produced mm. such a game that's so good i mean it's
0: it's really not, good
1: <laughs> not that not that uh, we probably shouldn't be getting into the whole biases this early but we're all well chandler and i are addicted
0: <laughs> i've been addicted since 2011 so yeah
1: can confirm
0: I'm, i still miss the uh little green alien like zombies from the original but you know when you look at it now versus the original alpha demo there's really no comparison oh yeah you can see where the effort has gone over these last 10 years or 11 years at this point so yeah absolutely It's a good way to see the uh, change in development. And that's kind of like the main high points of the story of Project Zomboid. I know it's kind of short, but they, at some point, I think in like 2015 or so, or maybe later, they started actually just hiring out a lot of modders that have been working on their game for three or four years at this point, and just making like separate mods and actually just brought them in to help rebuild the entire world. So in the alpha demo, it started as a really small, probably about three or four square blocks area where you could wander around and maybe loot a bank or visit a single diner or hit one uh, apartment complex. And that was about the extent of the map. And even then the core gameplay was very engaging. But with adding on the modders that eventually became part of the team, they were able to build out an absolutely ginormous map to play in.
1: It's probably the biggest map I've ever seen in any game.
0: Yeah, like no joke. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so interesting as a game. Because even on the small map, it was very engaging, but it just needed more space I know that kind of sounds really weird for a zombie game where it literally starts with, this is how you died. Even at the very beginning, they had that tagline. And now it's at the point where this is how you died and here's this giant-ass playground you can play in. You can literally have multiple lives in each life, not hit places you've explored before, which is quite remarkable.
1: Now, I don't know exactly how many cities there are on the map, But just, you know, for anyone who hasn't played the game, I think there's, what, six? Does that
0: sound about right? Six or seven named cities. And then there's a number of small towns that don't technically have names. But uh, there's a few fan theories out on uh, whether or not they are certain cities in Kentucky.
1: And... To give you an idea, at least for some of the like mid to large-ish sized cities in the game, you could play out an entire lifespan of a character, a long, long lifespan of a character, and never leave that city and feel like you're playing in a fairly large map and feel like you have not completed even a iota of what this game has to offer in one of those cities. And you can then leave those cities and go into an entirely new area and just frankly feel almost overwhelmed by the scope of it and then you go to the biggest city in the game yeah. and it's life changing it's absolutely monstrous all the other cities in the in the the game could probably fit within the largest city of the game and they're all big <laughs> so yeah. it's tremendous i don't know how to overstate that really I, it's it's pretty insane <laughs>
0: Yeah, and kind of backing up, the entire map that they have modeled, at least right now, or inspired, I should say, is based off of the city of Muldra in Kentucky, and then the surrounding area extending along the river and all the way into Louisville. And Louisville
1: is the monster city that I'm talking about. It is basically Louisville.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like and to scale. <laughs> there's a lot of houses. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. There's a lot of houses. But yeah, that's kind of the broad overview of the game and a little bit of the history. It's a very slow, intentional game if you want to play it that way. The fact that it's a giant sandbox effectively means you can play and adjust the game to your liking if you want to play with proper Romero zombies where they walk at a shamble or a fast shamble and just have a huge number of them. If you're more of a 28 Days Later player where you want zombies that are a very fast, very real threat, you can play with those as well. The developers, to their massive credit, honestly, put in modding support early and have been listening to their modders and their fans since 2011 and have been pushing out release after release that have just been better, like strictly better because of it. And I think that's part of the secret sauce of why this game is so good because they've been listening to their players.
1: And it really does appeal to a, a broad audience you can you can adjust the settings in this game to a a super nerdy detail i mean i I don't know how many settings there are that you can you can adjust but it's got to be in the hundreds so you can essentially turn this game into whatever you want you could even as chan and i were discussing you know yesterday while we were playing it you can even turn off the zombies entirely and just have a straight survival game and there's enough there to be Totally satisfying in that regard. Yeah, the
0: most lonely version of The Sims ever. <laughs>
1: yeah, so basically, whatever game you want this to be, you can make it that way, which is pretty incredible, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I do kind of want to emphasize in this is, despite me saying that this is a sandbox game, and it very much is a sandbox game that you can play to your heart's content, It does also have a story in it, which is very interesting, I think. Yeah. In the original tech demo that they put out, they had a much stronger narrative story with Kate and Baldspot, which is what the community ended up just calling the two lead characters in the tutorial, which is what the tech demo was. And the story was about Baldspot going around trying to get supplies to help Kate because Kate broke her leg at some point before the game started and you have to learn how to play the game by helping her recover effectively now with it being the tech demo she ever she never technically recovers and it was a very flimsy pretext to learn how to use the uh, medical system in the game but it was very effective narratively so much so that In the main screen of the game, before you um, actually start playing, the main menu, there we go, that's a word, (laughs) Uh, the two characters that you see um, huddled in the corner are actually Kate and Baldspot. Funny little homage that they pay to their original demo. And there's more little tidbits of of that in the world, but yeah, I'll kind of touch on that a little bit later. What are your impressions of it, Devin?
2: Well, Uh, I mean, full disclosure, I myself have never played this game. (laughs) However, I have been watching Chandler and Tom play it and many other people across the internet because it uh, suddenly got really popular. Mm -hmm. It's not really kind of my cup of tea usually as far as games I like to play which is why I hadn't really I was just like ah it's more fun to watch people you know and run commentary and not you know riff on Chandler and Tom and their organizational uh, escapades (laughs) you know I need you to hotwire this car can you come across town and get me and then like 10 minutes later, wait, what did you need me for? <laughs> um, meanwhile, like so many zombies. But I, I feel like before I started like really watching you guys play it and like seeing more people just around the internet play it, I think I had like a, a, a an incorrect impression of what this game actually was. So that's been kind of an interesting, interesting, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, experience, I guess, uh, To to learn that the complexity of the game is not pretentious I mean maybe it is a little bit but it doesn't seem that way after you see like where the complexity is and the fact that like you said like I think it was last night when y'all were playing and I was like wait you can turn off the zombies (laughs) 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 yeah you can turn off zombies in your zombie game like that is immediately incredibly compelling to me and as you said you know dialing up or down the zombie speed like making them like different zombies in different films or different stories so that you have a different experience or turning them off entirely and just having the survival game. Like, that's incredibly compelling to me for, like, narrative and role-play reasons. Yes. Because you really can, like, get different stories out of this thing that, to me, at first, look like just barely controlled chaos. Um, which, <laughs> well, frankly, I, I don't think it's yeah. It's like it's, 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 I don't think that that's untrue. Like with as many different you know people that I've seen play it, like different streamers and different YouTubers and stuff. Like it really does feel like it is barely contained chaos. But that's that's kind of its charm, and it is incredibly fun to watch. Like you know, for emergent gameplay reasons. Um, I know, like it's been it's been a couple weeks, but Day 9 TV played, and first character died. And he restarted with a new character, went through the whole rigmarole, getting chat to name the character, spawned in, and was immediately attacked by two zombies. (laughs) 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 Where where his character spawned in, and just the character just was immediately dead. And it was like, well, that that lasted for a grand total of five seconds. (laughs) Now we have to start a new game, and that was just it was hilarious because of course you know it was just hilarious on its own, but then you know the extra the added entertainment on top of it, Uh, but just like. Wow, how unlucky for that person, right, in their world, that <laughs> they just woke up into consciousness and then were immediately murdered.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which does happen in the game, even yeah. after you've played for a while, if you're not careful. Oh, yeah. Very oh, relatable. I'm, I'm
2: sure. Um, You can, like, what is it? You jump over a fence and you get a cut that gets infected and you die. Yeah. Like you, you get tetanus and die from jumping over a fence because you weren't careful. Like...
0: <laughs>
2: yep bizarre like I don't like it's it's one of those things that like it's like why would you want to model that into a game like why would you but also it's like yeah but that does make it way more interesting doesn't it that like you know now it's like oh escape the zombies but escaping the zombies is as dangerous as facing them
1: it's it's interesting to me that you can have a game that looks like if you if you just saw the graphics of this game you would think oh my god that game must have been made 20 years ago like it's it's really basic (laughs) and yet it's one of the most immersive experiences i've ever had for exactly the reason that you're describing there's hmm. so much detail in it and not in a way that is irritating like a lot of other games where you're just like oh my god this has like such a huge steep learning curve it's more just like oh my yeah. god if there's something you can do in real life you can do it in the game that's yeah. nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> on first impression for me, like it looked like it was complex just for the sake of being complex. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're indie and we're doing something cute and we're going to make it complex just for the sake of complexity. Uh when that is not true, I think, upon you know, again, haven't played it myself. I'm only speaking based on observation and, and listening to other people play it, uh and, and their thoughts. But I, I, I think that I was incorrect in that. That the the complexity is there for a reason, like that complexity isn't there to just like you say be a learning curve just you know to to try and like get in the player's way of having fun uh you know difficulty for difficulty's sake like it's not doing that it is sort of like trying to emulate a world realistically in this situation where you know the power grids are down zombies are everywhere you're basically on your own and you're just gonna have to fucking survive you know And you're from a world where you wouldn't have to do this. You are not going to be, you know, if the zombie apocalypse happened tomorrow, heaven forfend. Most of us aren't trained to just go leaping over fucking fences, Mm -hmm. like, to get away from things that are chasing us. Like, that's just not a thing. Like, very few, well, I say very few of us, but uh, I, I, I mean, I... I have easy access to firearms. I know how to use firearms. I'm pretty good with firearms. But there's probably a lot of people who cannot say the same. So you know, <laughs>
1: myself included. Yep. You know,
2: it's 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 you, you know it's like uh, you know it also depending on where you are in the country, I suppose. You know, but uh, you know it's sort of that thing. But it's like it would be stressful to be like, oh, you're going to have to be able to use your firearms to get food or whatever, or defend yourself against zombies. Like, that's just not something that I really think about. So, you know, having a game that tries to model that as in, like, oh, well, maybe you kind of know how to use firearms, but do you really know how to use them well enough where you'll be able to survive the zombie apocalypse?
0: Uh, For me personally, absolutely not. i would be in the (laughs) horde. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I know how to pull the
1: trigger, but anything beyond that is (laughs) out of my scheme, and I think that's not... I'm pretty sure there's more to it. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. And no, I mean, even I mean, I I would be part of the zombie horde in the first wave, probably. Like, there's just so <laughs> many things. Like, nope. And then brains. <laughs> yep. The other thing that I find uh, kind of interesting about it is I didn't realize this until um, you know you were you were suggesting we talk about this uh, for the podcast, Chandler. But uh, we're we're suddenly there, the game has lore. <laughs> yeah. The game has story. Yeah. And I was like what and Chandler's like yeah here let me link you all the stuff and it's fascinating because I had no idea that the game had story I just thought it was like well a zombie apocalypse happened and now you have to survive good luck but actually like there's this whole thing leading up to the point at which your character spawns into the game which is fascinating
0: Yeah, yeah like they went through and did the effort of it
2: like... They did. And I think they went one step further in leaving it open to speculation about what actually caused the apocalypse, like what caused the zombie outbreak. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of theories, like everybody has their own theory about it. There's, like, there's all this information, but how it all links together, it's just, there's just, nobody knows. Um, so you can speculate on that, but there's no like one answer. And I think that's really cool. Um, I totally because I agree. feel like that also simulates kind of a real-life situation where it's like, well, there were all these things, but actually what really caused it and what really happened because you as an individual in the situation wouldn't know. There's no way you can know.
1: That's right. And, and it's interesting because it's like, even if you don't read some of the links that Chandler is talking about, even as you're wandering around the world, you will organically come across things where you're kind of like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like little little tidbits of the story Um, the map is built in such a way that there is storytelling without storytelling like like storytelling is happening without there being overt storytelling there will just it's
2: environmental storytelling
1: yes thank you that's kind of what yeah you'll come across things you'll be like i think i know what happened here and there are clues to the beginning of the zombie apocalypse and also how things went down and and it's it's really fun from a gameplay perspective to just be like you're focused on survival you're trying to just get through ooh. the day to the next one and at, in the process of trying to survive you come across these things and you're kind of like whoa and it feels organic it feels real ooh. you know and you're ooh. you're you're immersed as a result
0: and yeah. they don't go with the oh here's a audio log or here's anything like that they used a lot more restraint and yes. i feel like that's because they didn't have the resources to do those mm-hmm.
1: but it works beautifully you'll you'll open up a house and there will just be objects laying in in a, in a in a you know particular way and maybe a blood splatter on a wall and a corpse and you'll be like holy shit something went down here yeah it's that kind of storytelling where you can kind of walk around and get clues from just a it's like a dead environment there's nothing there that will tell you the story there's just the things are in a place from where they are that you end up learning a story i I don't know it's very clever
0: and you make your own story you've yeah
2: right yeah you put the pieces together yourself yeah. like you don't you're not being handed the story you can kind of piece things together and the developers i think besides like you know here's flavor for the world but i i get kind of the sense from like you know reading over the backstory and the lore and stuff like i feel like the developers respect the intelligence of their audience that if they you know just put things in the world that people who want to pay attention to that will pay attention and put it together yeah like they don't require that you put it together, but if you are the kind of player who is looking for that and notices these things, like, you can put together the story. You can kind of get something out of the environment, um, you know, kind of in a way that, like, you know, Dark Souls environmental storytelling telling works. Like, you can enjoy the game just for what it is. You don't need to pay attention to the shit in the background, but if you do, you you may get something more out of it than you would if you hadn't been paying attention. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm and i think that's kind of the important key point there the developers had very very limited resources prior to being in the top 20 steam uh which is still <laughs> baffling to me but um they deserve it huge thumbs up for them so they really had to lean into the leaner environmental storytelling because when you come into a trailer and you just see two naked zombies and clothes all over the floor, you can pretty well <laughs> guess what they were doing when uh, one of them turned. Yeah. And that's kind of a funny thing to come into like, Oh, what would, would I do that in, in, at the beginning of an outbreak like that? Would that, <laughs> would that be how I want to go? Or would I want to be like that guy who blew his brains out with a shotgun? oh that's a tough choice Mm, and mm, yeah and they don't use anything verbal in that situation because well that takes even more money and i think that was a brilliant move on their part leveraging what they already had assets for to tell the story of what happened to these little vignettes of people or what used to be people
1: isn't it fascinating mm-hmm. how sometimes money being limited can create some of the greatest creations? Like, some of the biggest budget movies are some of the worst movies, and some of the smallest budget movies are some of the most memorable and fantastic movies out there. Like, this game is a perfect example of that.
0: No, oh, absolutely. This uh, this game took its limitations and ran with it, up to mm-hmm. and including being willing to cut things that were already implemented in the game, like NPCs, to put them in in a different context and better yeah Mm -hmm.
1: well hopefully i guess we don't really know yet the npcs aren't
0: out yet (laughs) well well, here's the joke multiplayer for this game was already implemented once before the developers were not happy with it at that point so they never did a proper release for it they left it in a beta channel and i think because they did that the game actually ended up being a stronger candidate in the end because they had the luxury of having a runway to make this sandbox game even better true like if it was multiplayer from the tech demo it would probably have maybe a quarter of the audience maybe it would still be fun but it would be a very different fun and yeah
1: it's hard to know what the game would have actually turned into but it probably wouldn't be the game we're playing today
0: definitely not definitely not but that being said they they started off with really friggin good bones so i would be happy either way (laughs) yeah yeah perfectly honestly but uh no i i do think that the environmental storytelling is really what makes this game so special to me i'm a huge sucker for environmental storytelling and Mm -hmm. i feel like them not doing anything more than maybe a found map that says oh meet us here who who they're talk- who are they talking to on the map we don't know to kind of highlight those vignettes is a brilliant move it yep it's trusting as Devin said it's trusting the player to research it if they want to you can and spend it have to yeah you can spend a whole quest to go over there and see what happened to these people from this map that you found on the ground. Or you could be like uh, half the players on the uh, Project Zomboid Reddit are like, wait, this game has a plot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just fucking hilarious to me because, you know, if you want to, you can put all the mods on this and make it so it doesn't even look anything like 1993 with modern weapons, modern vehicles, whatever you want. It's that mod friendly, but at the core of the game, it's still this story that you can, even with all the mods on top of it, you can still investigate and find out or find n- new stories because of the modders that have such passion for this game, which is incredible. Absolutely I incredible. I
1: yeah. still don't know if that tinfoil hat wearing commune we discovered was a <laughs> part of one of the mods we've been playing with or the original story. <laughs> Well, tinfoil hats
0: are definitely in the game vanilla.
1: Oh, man. So that's probably part of the original game. It, but that gives you guys an idea of, like, Chandler and I were just out looting, and we opened up a door, and there were, like, six zombies in one house, which is a pretty unusual thing. And they were all wearing tinfoil hats. <laughs> and the house was, like, kind of semi-boarded up and had, like, unique items laying around. It was fascinating. It I wanted to know more. It, 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 it's definitely a game where it leads to, like, when I was looking through that house, I was like, please, I want there to be a letter or just anything. I want to know what happened here. And I think that's one of the marks of a good game, when the game can just lead you into a situation dynamically that's not holding your hand. You can just encounter it, and it makes you run down a rabbit hole. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Or a mere block away, seeing a whole bunch of party hats on zombies and being like, wait, who had a birthday party? (laughs) (laughs) That was confusing. I was like, wait, there was a birthday party around here and I wanted to investigate the rest of the houses, but I couldn't because the horde got too big, but...
1: Or last night, the guy with a plunger on his head and a broom on his back in a in an overalls or in overalls that was an interesting zombie to encounter.
0: I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was one of the mods from or one of the special zombies from Authentic Z, but don't quote me on that one.
1: Fair enough, but either way, it's telling to say that the the vanilla game does have those elements, but the mods can just add on top of them, and they don't feel well. At least the mods we've been playing with don't feel like they're breaking the game they're just making the game more
0: yeah there's a lot of like with any community that's really passionate there's a lot of mods that will end up fundamentally changing the game into something else and i would be absolutely unsurprised if at some point one of the modders forms a team and makes a warhammer 40k total conversion of Project Zomboid (laughs) but that's just an indicator of the passion that the community has for this indie gem of a game I think
1: they would still play that
2: yeah (laughs) yeah like trying to imagine what a 40k total conversion mod would look like for this game
1: (laughs) you know i i don't know but i want to play it now so
2: (laughs) i somebody get on that (laughs) i don't know
0: what it would look like but i'm pretty sure you would start as a space marine considering all of the uh mods that end up making this feel like a power fantasy which fair enough i have different thoughts about that but that's on the modding community and not the game itself so i will shelf that (laughs) yep conversation (laughs) anyway but yeah i mean that's an indicator of how passionate everybody is and has been for this game like developer the developers knew that they had a very clear vision of what they wanted to make and that's very clear if you look at the first demo that they released of the game but they knew that their assets or their their reach wasn't long enough to get there So they hit that magic time back in the 2010s. That makes me feel old to say. But um, (laughs) they hit that magic time back in the 2010s when the internet was really starting to push indie games more into the spotlight. And that passion that everybody had for it at the time turned into a real amazing community that elevated this game Way more than anything I have ever seen in terms of like indie, proper indie at this point, I've ever seen, honestly. Like Minecraft did start indie, but they were acquired by Microsoft, so now they have a huge amount of assets um, yep. to play with. And Minecraft is great. I still love it. But uh, the magic is kind of dissipated from Minecraft because that came out roughly the same time, I think a little bit earlier. But
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, Project Zomboid keeps that passion over selling out, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think the other the other difference, I think, is, at least to me, maybe this is a unique experience to me, but to compare the two games, when you start playing Minecraft today, if you haven't been consistently playing it since its release, it feels just wildly complicated. It feels... I mean, you feel like you're drowning in complexity in some ways. Um, It's hard to know where to start. Zomboid is a shockingly complicated game. I would say probably equally complicated to Minecraft in that, like, you can turn it into whatever you want. There's, like, just huge volumes of knowledge that you need to know to know all the things you can do in the game. But you don't need that when you start. It feels very easy to pick up. It's one of those games, kind of like, and I know that we've talked about this on the podcast before, but one of, the, one of the things that I love most in a game is a game that is easy to pick up and hard to master, where you can start playing and have a good time with almost no knowledge and be kind of like figuring things out and then hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours later still be discovering new things and refining your skills and coming up with new challenges and stuff like that. And this is one of those games. If it grabs your attention in the first place, it will hold your attention for as long as you want. Um, Especially because it's continuously developing. And
0: if you're ever hitting the point where, hey, where's the next update? Well, there's this huge backlog of mods that are still getting updated on a (laughs) daily basis.
3: Yeah,
1: if the vanilla game ever gets boring, well, you can turn it into anything. You can turn the vanilla game into anything. If you get bored of that, you can go to the modding community and turn it into anything, anything, anything over again (laughs) the options are ridiculously wide which is just so cool they've created an amazing platform to build on
0: yeah, and honestly I think you're right in saying that this is a it feels like a throwback because it's It this is going to sound really weird but it expects you to invest into it to really get rewards out of it like Mm. Yes, you can just play this as a uh, three days and you're dead sort of uh, zombie survival game. And it's fun. But the more you end up playing, the more it will kind of tease you into wanting to learn more of the systems. Like yep. I don't know how many hours you were playing before the shove mechanic <laughs> came into your awareness, Tom. But A lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can...
1: Like, wait, you can push the zombies back? This is game-changing. All of a sudden, I'm not getting bit nearly as often.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of the game rewarding you for, like, either panicking and hitting the space bar or, in other cases, being like, hey, I see a lot of these books. How do I use them? How yep. do I use that skill that it's giving me?
1: The game is very playable with a very basic knowledge set. And then, as you're playing, you keep coming across these things. where You're kind of like, huh, well, clearly that's something I need to learn about later. And you can just kind of pick them up as you become interested in them. I mean, for instance, we've been playing a long time. I don't know how many hours I have at this point, but I have a fair amount. Mm-hmm. And I only recent, like literally right before we started recording this podcast, uh, let's see here, I've got 80 hours into Zombie at this point, or Zomboid at this point. Right before we started playing uh, or doing this podcast, I cooked for the very first time in the game. And... <laughs> The cooking mechanic is insanely detailed. You can season your food. You, like, you can burn it. You have to, like, the stove has, like, various temperature settings that you can set up. You can do timers. You can combine things. You can make raw ingredients that you can then turn into recipe. I mean, it is insane. But you don't need to know all of that to play the game successfully. Yeah. Um, So you can just dive down rabbit holes and become an expert in something, you know you can you can work on cars and i mean the depth of that is incredible you can become a farmer you can become a you know a cook you can become just purely damage and just kill as many zombies as you want you can build buildings you can, i mean the game is just a playground like whatever you're into you can probably apply it
0: do you want to be a fisherman in the woods well hey here's a fishing rod you can go do that
1: <laughs> absolutely Which is yep.
0: insane to me Absolutely insane to me.
1: Oh, it's it's nuts. <laughs> and you know, if you're one of those people that likes to do like insane challenges, well, go on YouTube and watch some of the things that YouTubers have been doing for challenges on this. I have, <laughs> I have watched nearly as many hours of video about Zomboid as I've played the game, and I think they're almost equally, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. Just to watch people do stuff. It, it... <laughs> so it's great. The game is super deep. <laughs> when you first see this game, I mean, the first when I when I watched Chandler playing it, I was like, oh, "It looks pretty basic." Holy cow! Is that the wrong impression? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow! Is that the wrong impression? <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it doesn't necessarily uh, have the best uh, table presence for for using kind of board game parlance. But even though it doesn't, it's one of the heavier games that you can get into that is by far more approachable than some of the other games we've uh, played or talked about <laughs> which is kind of funny
1: <laughs> true
0: but yeah the table the initial impression is something that i see a lot of people kind of turn but their dismiss it yeah turn their nose up to because like if you saw the original tech demo back in 2011 it probably was more impressive than seeing projects Zomboid today but that being said if you're turning your nose up to it because of the graphics, you are missing out on a absolutely phenomenal game. And this is case in point of why I play indie over triple A because
1: totally agree.
0: This is a much deeper game than I will ever expect to see out of any triple A studio at this point.
1: I think it was the last podcast that we recorded, or at least it was one of the more recent ones where we discussed the, the concept of like how much of a, time sink is graphics versus gameplay and how most AAA titles at this point put just monstrous hours into making a game beautiful and appealing. Take that, the number of hours those developers have poured into graphics, I mean maybe on a smaller scale since it's an indie team, but flip it on its head. Imagine a game where almost all of the time is being put into the gameplay and the graphics have been I don't want to say ignored. It's a beautiful game, but in a retro way, not in a modern way. Yeah. Um, And so if you put 90% of your effort into gameplay and 10% into graphics, you have Project Zomboid. And it, oh man, is it a good case study in why that's the right way to do it. Because so many games these days are freaking gorgeous and you play it for about five minutes and after you've gotten over the like, wow, is that pretty? You're kind of like, huh, well, I'm not really all that interested in the game itself. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> in the first five minutes, you're going to be like, why would I play this at all? And then, you know, a hundred hours later, you're like, I gotta this get is that the most amazing game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: this game is amazing.
1: So, yeah, go play the game right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I know we kind of just touched on the story, but honestly, I... This is one of the few cases where if you are interested in this game and you do want to kind of get that background lore, as Devin was kind of touching on, it is almost better to experience diegetically. Yeah. Because in the game you can hear, because they do trust you to prioritize if you're going to have, if you want to hear the story, you're going to have to prioritize it. You can listen into radio stations and televisions uh, stations and kind of glean some of the story of what happened in Muldraw Kentucky and the surrounding area when the outbreak occurred and it is yep. absolutely fantastic storytelling in the most minimal way
1: yeah yep you have to seek it out which is beautiful and it, again it kind of adds i think to the dy- dynamic feel of the world in it cuz it's it's i don't know it it the storytelling is happening whether you're paying attention to it or not and it makes the world feel more real, as opposed to a lot of other games, I think, where they force it on you. You know, you'll be moving through a game, and you'll be focused on something. You'll be working on a challenge, or you'll be working on developing some aspect of your character, or whatever. And the game will kind of, like, suddenly drag everything to a halt. And it'll be like, okay, we're telling this part of the story right now. And you're like, I actually don't really care. I'm, in, I'm kind of interested. And it's like, nope.
0: You're gonna hear this, this is happening. You're going to hear this <laughs> mandatory audio clip that we had The Rock record. Damn it. Yeah. We paid for <laughs> We've it. We've got
1: this whole cutscene that you have to watch, and you're like, fine. Looking and I'm mean, not saying that that's a bad way of doing it, but it, it's it's almost more compelling when you're kind of like working through the world, and maybe maybe you come into a, a house that you're looting, and you're just your character is starving, and you, you need food, and so you're digging through the kitchen, and it just so happened that when you, the house you went into when the people died in that house, they had the TV on. And so the TV is playing in the other room, and so you can kind of see the text, you know, above the TV is how the game kind of does it. And so you're looking through, you know, your cabinets and stuff, and you see a text, and you're like, wait, what? (laughs) And you'll stop, and you'll walk over to the TV and be like, huh. It's, it's, it feels real. I mean, it's kind of how you would be in a zombie apocalypse. You wouldn't maybe be so focused on what's happening and how everything got that way In that moment, you're probably just trying to, like, not die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that the story isn't compelling. And so it it just feels very... It feels like you're in a real world. You're not a character. You are not the main character. This... (laughs) The main character pulled out
0: long ago. (laughs)
1: Yeah, This game beats that concept into your brain. You are not the main character. You can die at any moment... And your death probably won't be spectacular. It'll probably be very sad. And... Or stupid. <laughs> or so stupid. Most of them are stupid. You're not the main character. You're just some, some person trying to make it. That's it. Which almost sounds like not a compelling... Yeah, trust me, that's a good thing. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to get that point across. But it's cool. It's a different experience. It's not what you're used to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know we've kind of been gushing about it, but... <laughs> Was there anything you wanted to add, Devin? Yeah, sorry.
2: Uh, oh, me? Uh, add something? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, as someone who hasn't played the game, I don't know how much I can actually add. Just uh, from a from an observational point of view. Well, I, I think at this point you have about
0: <laughs> eighty hours of uh, sitting on my shoulder.
2: I mean that 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 is probably true. Yeah. That seems like an accurate count. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How about this? I have a question for you.
2: Oh, I would love to hear the question. What is it?
1: After watching over Chandler's shoulder for this long Yes. Why have you not played the game? What would make <laughs> you play the game?
2: Uh well, here's here's the funny part. The fact that you could turn off zombies like made it like <laughs> way more interesting for me. <laughs> I love
0: that's... that's
2: the part that you enjoy the most out of it. Like, yeah, no, zombies gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well I okay here's what here's why though here's why that made the game more compelling because to me like hearing that there was that level of customization that you could just do away with arguably like the main antagonist, the main struggle against the, against which the main thing against which you struggle in the game. The fact that the developers will let you just turn that off was really interesting. Like that was compelling because then it was like, Oh, you can actually, because then it was after that you mentioned, Oh yeah, you can make the zombies faster. You can make them slower. You can make them less. Like, you know, you don't have to turn them all the way off, but you can like turn off the big hordes, you know, it's like you can. And for me, since I typically play games for story and not necessarily like narrative given to you, but also like narrative in a role play sense, the narrative that, that the player themselves create, that made it a much more interesting prospect because it's like, oh, there are actually way more different stories that you can tell for yourself here especially on the side of like if you're more interested in exploring and you don't want to be like well I don't want to die every 5 minutes cuz I <laughs> suck at playing the game and sure. I just am unlucky you know like there are ways that you can you can access that um you could say it's an accessibility thing though I I don't think probably that was what it was intended to be as but I think you could you could look at it that way that it's like oh there's this accessibility that you could that the player can can use to get at what is interesting to them in the story uh so that made it a much more compelling thing. And of course, you know, over time through the, you know, 80 to 100 hours that I've sat on Chandler's shoulder watching part of that too, like seeing like, again, that the complexity wasn't just there for complexity's sake. That, you know, it the game isn't there to just kind of screw you over because it's a zombie game and it's survival and ha ha ha, the fun part of it is that you die a lot. You know, like that wasn't really what the game was doing. Like that that does make it more interesting to me and sure. more more interesting and and I would feel more inclined actually to tr- give it a try despite being like ooh some of these systems look complex but the main thing I guess is like time <laughs> <laughs> that that um uh this I don't think this has ever come up but there's like I am a big RPG player I love RPGs but the problem with RPGs is they're big time sinks yes and uh I'm ancient and old and boring and i look at a game and i go do i really want to sink 300 hours into that or more um this is a reason that i've been uh resistant to get into final fantasy 14 and many of my friends play and they're like please play you'll love it i'm like probably but i i i don't have the time to sink 6,000 hours into something (laughs) um (laughs) Fair. So it's a, it's sort of a time thing, but you know, it the interest is certainly more there than it was um, earlier on. Like how how long ago was that, Chandler? You said like, oh, would you be interested in this game? And I was like, eh, no. But I mean, if you guys want to play it, like you know, I'll watch you because you know I'm familiar with it. Like it'd be fun to play, like you know, to watch you guys play. Sure. Um, I just. I don't want to join, but I'll hang out while you guys play because I think that would be fun. And it was. And that was. (laughs) I could multitask. (laughs) I could work on something else while watching you play and hanging out. So it's like, oh, goody! Because you know, hashtag just ADHD things. I guess Um, that was way
0: back, um, way back. As if December was so so very long ago. It feels like it was longer
2: ago than that. No, it
0: was (laughs) when the multiplayer build was deemed done enough to be put out into the uh beta branch
2: oh is that what it was was that was that the impetus okay because uh i i just thought that it already had it no and had had it for a while and just people suddenly suddenly discovered it it and were like oh
0: cool it had basic multiplayer probably i want to say two or three years ago but they weren't happy with everything that was happening with it mm. so
2: they dropped yeah. it which yeah which okay yeah a I, good choice that's the part of the story i didn't have uh well i'm glad they iterated on it and that you know they were able to make more complete ones so uh well
1: and it's clear that the multiplayer was the silver bullet that it needed because as soon as they released that the game boom just exploded
2: oh. <laughs> everybody was suddenly playing it yeah. and talking about it at the very least like like i said like most of the people that i follow like you know youtube and and otherwise uh twitch and stuff like a lot of people were suddenly playing it and i'm like huh that's that game that chandler mentioned a couple times
1: yeah huh. I, had, I had the same experience chandler told me about it we started playing it a little bit and i was like this game is cool and then a couple I mean, of the YouTubers I... <laughs> that I love all of a sudden were releasing videos right. about it. And I was like,
2: oh, yay! I, <laughs> I act as if I didn't know anything about it before that moment. I absolutely did because, like, Ambiguous Amphibian and Spiffing Brit and a few others have had played it before, apparently, the the final multiplayer yep. build released. Um, so I was familiar with it before then. Um, but, of course, you know, in a limited amount and looking at it and going, hmm, yeah. <laughs> this is chaos.
1: Yep.
0: It absolutely is. And that's... I
1: love that you watch the spiffing Brit. I, I love him.
0: So... <laughs> oh, yeah, I love the spiffing Brit. He's great. <laughs> I, I got to say, for stories coming out of Project Zomboid, because it is sandbox, so it effectively becomes a story generator, um, yeah. kind of in the same vein as RimWorld and The Sims, which is very odd connections to make, but those are the connections that are there.
1: <laughs> no, that's fair. Totally fair if you played him.
0: Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the uh, I think the YouTuber that does the game the most hilarious justice, honestly, for making narratives is Ambiguous Amphibian. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Absol- oh my gosh! I, yes. I, I
0: discovered
1: uh, I, him <laughs> through Zomboid. So. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, a friend, uh, another friend of mine, sent me a video of his, and it was Project Zomboid. But like the whole video was this poetic, (laughs) philosophical, introspective soliloquy. Like the whole thing with just like Project Zomboid. And, And I was just like, this is the coolest thing I think I've ever seen. Like this seems like such a niche yeah like really niche thing like do people like that play this game like this like this is just Apparently. Th- because like you know ca- call ca- you know shout outs and callbacks to like different philosophers and like different philosophical ways of thought and it was like through this whole like you know and it was just it was hilarious and i was like well uh subscribe <laughs> um, <laughs> I found... uh, give me more of that
0: i found one solitary worm <laughs> absolute ecstasy <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah it, oh. It, boy. At this point Project Zomboid ends up being a absolute monster of a story generation thing. If mm-hmm. if you're even like honestly if you're kind of a person who wants to do writing and needs inspiration, this game will give it to you in some very unexpected ways. And...
2: Side eye. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not necessarily calling you out, Devin, because no, I, 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 I know the genres know. you write,
0: and I don't feel like zombie is
2: really in there. But zombies would be adjacent to some of the some of my genre interests. Yeah, uh,
0: but not necessarily
2: like in your wheelhouse. But like, right? Yeah, they're sort of you know they're like knocking on the windows of the wheelhouse uh... and, and groaning unhappily. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. How did you know? Well,
0: uh, yeah, I just know. Um, You're one of them, aren't you? Apparently. Um, Let me get my gun. <laughs> yeah, but like, I multiplayer really was the civil, silver bullet that made this the monster of storytelling. Because whenever I play solo in this game, I end up kind of leaning into a more turtley survivor who wears as much armor as physically possible. Yep. But in multiplayer... I end up doing really weird stuff like, oh, this character is bipolar because she keeps eating all of this food that makes her horribly, horribly depressed and she needs to find uh, antidepressants all the time because she keeps eating that food. It's a vicious cycle. And her one piece of happiness that she gets out of this is collecting leather jackets (laughs) but she never wears them what is this character that came out of this gameplay i don't know she was a lot of fun to play i'm very sad that she died
1: was that the uh white dress wearing yes very classy yeah yeah and he played a character that was like always wearing the classiest clothing i mean you should uh, she she was the most highfalutin girl you ever saw on the street and also a complete and utter badass with a machete, which is
2: that's a fantastic combination. <laughs> yeah, her her death was tragic. Yeah, it Absolutely was truly tragic. tragic.
1: It was also, as most deaths are, stupid. rather sad and stupid. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, well, it was stupid.
0: <sighs> I got too excited. I broke my machete, and I found a new one, so I had to use it. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. Because it was multiplayer. I ended up role-playing that character very different than when I do single-player. And I think that's the magic of this game.
2: Welcome back, everybody. We are the Adventure Mechanics, and we're here for a quick addendum. You probably just heard us talking about uh, different you know, role-play options in, and characters in Project Zomboid. And there was... A little thing we decided we'd come back and add a little bit of context to, specifically with the way that the developers of the game were trying to model mental health. So kudos to the developers for trying to simulate in their game literally everything that a human being would have to manage, deal with, pay attention to in a zombie apocalypse or any kind of apocalypse situation. And the fact that they did try to model a mental health mechanic into that, I think is kind of amazing, because that's, I would say, basically impossible to do. I don't think you could just accurately model that, uh, especially in this kind of game. But uh, that said, in order to model it into the system that they have, it gamifies it a little bit, where you have a meter that fills and then depletes, depending on the actions that you take. And because of that, it's really reductive in the way that that it's trying to represent something in real life that is way more complex. Uh, for example, in real life, you don't just take antidepressants to make your depression go away. Uh, that's very reductive. Of course, you know, antidepressants can help do that. There are many, many, many different kinds. And one of the things with it is that you know they don't work quickly. You typically will take them and you have to take them for a couple of months before you know if they're effective or if they're helping you. And then from there on, you can continue with the treatment or go to a different treatment And again, like sometimes they don't work for everybody the same way. That's true of like basically any psychiatric medication. Everybody is affected differently. And for some people, a certain medication will work. And for others, it will not work. And for anyone listening who has ever had to play the medication, try it out game. You know how incredibly frustrating that that can be. I I can also speak to that.
0: And dangerous.
2: And straight up dangerous. And potentially very dangerous. So anyway, so the way that in the game they've modeled the mental health thing is that, you know, by doing certain things or not doing certain things, eating butter all the time, staying in the house and never, ever leaving, that can make your depression meter go up. And then one of the ways that you can take that down is just taking antidepressants that you find in the world, which in real life, please do not do this. That is incredibly dangerous. But, you know, this is a video game. But the whole point of this quick addendum here was to just bring some greater context to some of the things we mentioned that we didn't actually explain uh some of that mechanics do either of you have anything to add to that about that particular mechanic in the game i
0: I mean i'm glad that they simulated mental health over something like uh what is it arc evolved did where they simulated randomly pooping
2: yeah. I mean that's classier honestly.
0: Like, yeah. I would take any sort of mental health simulation over a pooping mechanic any day and that's one of the things in Project Zomboid I do respect the developers not putting in. Yeah. Cuz the idea of having to uh take care of those functions while being chased by zombies sounds
2: terrible. But yeah, uh, it's uh, hard yeah, enough you know, to manage your bodily functions in real life, you know. Why would you want to do that in a game? Exactly. Yeah, whereas (laughs) whereas, like
0: a mental health thing is more Mm -hmm. of a, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's actually an interesting thing to make storytelling, whereas like...
1: And I think even if it is somewhat problematic in the way that it's implemented, there's no non-problematic way to, mm -hmm. you know, to do that. And it's also, I think, incredibly important because, yeah, your mental health is going to have a bit of a role if you're in a survival situation. And by a bit, I mean like, most of it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Managing mental health is probably, if you like look at any survival guide ever, they're all going to basically say, like keeping yourself sane and happy is priority one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more important than getting food, because if you lose your sanity, the food will also go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So I think it's really cool and commendable that they tried. Mm-hmm. And they did a pretty good job
0: considering...
1: I appreciate that it's there. I think it's the game is it benefits greatly from it having that mechanic Mm -hmm. versus it not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know that one of the common complaints for from the community about eating is, well, the sandwich isn't technically bad. Why is my character getting so much unhappiness from it? Well, have you ever had to go through an entire meal of like picking out things that are on the verge of going bad? out of a sandwich that's that's a terrible experience and if you're doing that for every meal yeah i would get very very unhappy about that too and not only that but (laughs) if
2: you you know if you're down to you only have bread and salami and like some cheese and that's it that's all you have to eat in this apocalypse situation like you're gonna feel bad after the fourth day of eating bread salami and a little bit of cheese like Just We're not really built to just eat the same thing over and over. Like, that can also deplete your happiness. Especially, you know, if you're worried about, you know, dying all the time. Because the zombies are going to come through the window at any moment.
0: (laughs) And honestly, I think simulating getting bored and eventually becoming very unhappy if Mm -hmm. you stay indoors too much. You know, I wouldn't have said that was, like, a realistic thing before, but after... You know, the whole yep. pandemic thing. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. If you're stuck inside for yep. way too long, you get bored and then you get really
2: unhappy. Yeah. Uh, that yep. works. Yeah. I, and, I,
1: I... and paranoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And... Yep. The, the constant <laughs> anxiety
2: of like, you know, y- yeah. And I feel like, especially with the last couple years, I think. I don't think you need to be neurodiverse to really connect with and resonate with some of these ideas that are in there because they modeled the mental health thing, like being afraid to go outside, being stuck indoors and not being able to go anywhere, you know, and how that, you know, all of that kind of presses in on you. Some people continue to deal with this, obviously, and um, had been dealing with it beforehand. And I think it's good to have a greater awareness that that's a thing. And and in a zombie apocalypse game, like in a story where, you know, it is this apocalyptic situation, I think that that is a great thing to model. And I don't know that maybe anybody else would have thought, hey, maybe we should simulate that or attempt to simulate it in a way that works, even if in so doing it is reductive. Like, I don't necessarily think that makes it bad. Uh, it's just sort of a, a thing, you know, to be aware of that it's gamifying this thing, but it's good that it's there to get you as you said yeah. I, I as you both have said like to get you thinking about it as you're playing your character and trying to navigate this very strange and hostile world
0: <laughs> exactly you mean
1: you mean like a world where like getting too close to the people that you normally wouldn't have a problem with could be potentially extremely dangerous and so you start to see people as
2: threats, yeah and then some people and, actually uh, are threats uh even when you thought they weren't yeah you know. mm-hmm
1: Yep, 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 yep. Boy, I have no idea what that yep. feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh so, yep. yeah. <laughs> and
2: all you have to do is eat your bread, your salami and your cheese and stay in your one little room and keep the windows uh, closed.
0: Why are you talking about my work life? <laughs> <laughs>
2: all of that said, this little addendum was just here to add some extra context to to some of the things that we talked about. And also, I just want to say that if anyone listening, your mental health is important. Absolutely. And the last couple of years, depending on, you know, uh, on your situation, maybe even the last five or six years have really shown that mental health is incredibly important. And you, listener, hypothetical listener, whoever you are, you are important to us, even though we don't know who you are. And, you know, you're just a, you know. Ghost in the machine, as far as we're concerned, a little number on a screen. But you are important. Your mental health is important. So, if you are struggling, please reach out to someone, even if it's you know a trusted friend, and just say you know there are resources out there for you. You know we want to have you around for uh, a long time, Uh, whether you listen to our podcast or not. You you know the world deserves to have you in it. Uh, So please, if you're struggling, reach out to someone, and please get help. There's absolutely no shame in that. And the world is a scary and hostile place right now. It still is, but, um, yep. We still want you here. So please take care of yourselves. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And tell your loved ones that you love them and, and yeah. be there, yes. be there for them to reach out to you as well.
0: Yeah. It's, there's no shame in admitting your limitations mentally. I know that's one of the huge stigmas in at least american culture that it's not a visible injury so it's not an injury but Mm -hmm. it is something that you if you are suffering from it you will have to either grapple with or deal with or Mm -hmm. whatever so just make Mm -hmm. sure that you take care of yourself
1: yep yep just like the survival guides say mental health is number one that is the single most important thing so not just in a life and death situation
2: well, with that, we will let you get back to the show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Take care of yourselves.
1: I'm still a turtle in multiplayer.
0: I'll get you wearing nothing but tracksuits. It'll be great. <laughs> I'm, I need to get more confident. <laughs>
1: I think that's part of it is you
0: have 800 hours into it at this point? Uh, 500 on Steam and who knows how many before it moved to Steam.
1: <laughs> Let's just call it 800. 800
2: uh, <laughs> seems like a great number. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's even, it's round, yeah. it's got two zeros. It's good. It, it's also
0: my most played game in my Steam collection, so make of that what you will.
2: 800 hours. Yeah.
0: yeah. I played the <laughs> hell out of this game, but that's kind of the fun part of it. Like, I have somehow gotten 800 hours out of this game in solo,
1: <laughs> and still having a really good time to this day. Like, at this point, I. Yeah, I don't have to do any convincing to get you to play Zomboid. Usually it's like, hey, I want to do something Zomboid. And you're like, ah, I'll stop everything I'm doing and play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying to you. But inside, I'm like, yay, Zomboid!
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It was just like outwardly, I guess. But inside, like having a party. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. It is tons of fun.
0: Don't let this gushing kind of analysis fool you. There are definitely flaws with this game and weak points. But that being said, the core gameplay loop of survival and zombie fighting or zombie avoidance is so solid that the weaknesses of like not having anything once you have a base set up, like there's no gameplay gameplay past that, right?
1: Which, I mean, to be fair, it's supposed to be how you died, and if you get too good at the game to the point where you have a huge badass base and nothing can penetrate it, you've kind of broken the game in a way. In a way, yeah. <laughs> Instead of beating it.
0: And that's, <laughs> that's kind of the point. Like, yeah. The game doesn't account for that. And that's fine. No. That's, doesn't need to. Yeah. And the other kind of gripe that I've heard that is very valid, and it's not like, oh... This game is isometric zero out of ten is that the game doesn't have nPCs now, if you've look back at the game mm. when it was started, it did actually have nPCs in it, but like multiplayer, the developers didn't trust that they were going to do it properly. so they've they say temporarily pulled the nPCs out, but we'll see how long that is.
1: well supposedly they hired an entire team to focus exclusively on NPC development while the game itself, the core game, is being developed alongside it. So I think they're very committed to adding that. Which kind of, I think, brings up the point that I was going to make, which is mostly just that I think a lot of the flaws that the game currently has are not flaws that are fair to poke at. One of the things that we kind of talked about when we started the you know this podcast adventure mechanics is that we don't really want to review games that aren't finished we've broken that a bunch of times at this point yeah, think, but yeah, we, we, should, kind of, we should
2: never have said yeah. that we never <laughs> should like have said, said it that. and then, then yeah i think we should
1: just throw that directly out the window but i will <laughs> we, we say said this. that and
2: then immediately set about refuting what we'd said yeah <laughs> 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 never but, <laughs> oh, set yourselves rules rules are to be that's broken. pretty classic i think so. <laughs>
1: It is. I, I think the more fair rule that maybe we should make is let's not complain or or say, Hey, something that makes this game bad is it, we shouldn't talk about those features if there are features that can be patched out.
3: Mm.
1: Um when it's a pa- uh like a mm. beta or something. And I think that's where Zomboid is. There are a few bugs. There's I mean, like the other day Chandler and I were driving down a road and there was a, a supposed to be a car accident uh with a semi truck and the semi truck just suddenly decided to vault itself into the air
0: which is hilarious and terrifying
1: (laughs) it was both of those things um (laughs) and i'm not gonna say that that's like oh the game is super buggy it's in beta like it's supposed to be and that's fine um and they are improving upon that and the bugs that are in this game are mild. There are a lot of games that are out there, AAA games and are kind of becoming notorious and horrible for this, for releasing a game, full mm-hmm. release, that is so broken, it is utterly unplayable on the first, like for the first week or month. I mean, yeah. the people that have listened to the podcast will know I'm a huge Forza fan, and the new one has come out, and I basically couldn't play it for a month. Not really, because it was so broken. Yeah. It was unplayable.
2: Wow. wow re- well, I'm glad I waited. Oh, uh... so
1: bad. I mean, it was...
2: Ooh, good.
1: But oh man, was it busted. <laughs> and so like, I think we have to adjust our Ex- expectations. I think a lot of indie developers really don't want a game to be released until it's like, hey, this game has been in the wild and it's functioning and it's working and it's doing the things we want and it's mostly bug-free. I mean, every game's going to have bugs. Um AAA developers aren't really doing that. And the Project Zomboid game as it currently sits in beta... And fairly early as far as my understanding of their ultimate plan is concerned, is really a good game, clean and mostly bug free. It is so much better than the vast majority of AAA games, even that have been out for a year some in some cases. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to nitpick it for that stuff. It's so minute.
0: Yeah, there's there's things um, that can improve, but the developers have Absolutely, given the, uh, the community confidence that they'll listen and improve the game yeah. as moving forward. I mean,
1: how many indie games can say that they've been under development for this long and have not been turned into abandoned wear? Because this thing has genuinely been consistently moving yep. for that entire time period. That's amazing.
0: Yep, it's a lifestyle game that fell into it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. It literally fell into being a lifestyle game. <laughs>
2: it just tripped and fell down the cliff of lifestyle game. Yep.
1: <laughs> they have been slowly building their version of the perfect game. I'm I'm just so here for it. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So Absolutely. I've been watching I'm it impressed. march its way up on like my my, my list mm. of games that I have the most hours in and I I I want this game to be in the top 3. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get
2: there. I I'm just impressed that it's been in development so long and the developers are still dedicated to like making a good game yes you know like bringing it to some kind of conclusion at some point in the future and it's not just i mean it seems to me again you know asterisks on everything i'm saying here but you know it seems to me like it's not like you know falling prey to a lot of like pitfalls that other games have fallen into that you know were in early access and had beta builds and you know, stayed there forever, and then not much happened, like, not much changed, there wasn't much forward momentum, and then release comes, and it's like, well, this is basically the beta of the game.
1: (laughs) We added 5 like They
2: didn't actually, you know, not to say they weren't working on it, but nothing, you know, really actually came of it, so it's, it's kind of neat that it's been in development so long, but it's, you know, the developers are still dedicated, the player base is still dedicated, they're moving towards making a eventually completed the game that will be the best thing that you know they can do but also maybe like just altogether uh just a really good ending piece of art Absolutely. Yes. Do we have any uh
0: anything else we want to gush about? <laughs> no,
1: you're oh, good. No, I think no. we're actually at a pretty good point. I no. I think my final thing is if it hasn't already become clear, just go buy the game and give it a shot. It's fantastic. And it's not um, that expensive. If you're not... <laughs> no it's not an expensive game and if you're not willing to buy it slash can't afford it you know if there's some reason that you shouldn't buy it go watch some youtube videos about it watching other people play this game is highly amusing um
2: it is very entertaining can confirm (laughs) and you may like me get to a point where you're like oh actually maybe i do want to try that out and just see what the madness is about for myself
1: absolutely and if you're anything like me, you'll end up playing it and watching and doing both of those things, just depending on your mood. And it is it, it does both well. <laughs> so it's there's something there for everyone. I don't know. How, how about the, the guy that has somewhere between five and 800 hours into it? You have anything to add?
0: This is by far one of my favorite games. As I said, the community around this has been wonderful. And if you are new to the community, first let me say... Welcome. Let's love this game together. Heck yeah. Why don't we do something we don't do very often? Yeah. And say where we where people can find us online. Oh no. <laughs> I always forget this, <laughs> so I'm going to remember it now. <laughs> and that was probably the worst segue I've ever done. <laughs> just saying.
2: That's okay. Segways don't have to be perfect. You just try your best.
0: <laughs> or just back that fucking semi up and smash into the wall three times before you realize you're hitting it <laughs> I don't think I've done like anything <laughs> like that in Zomboid <laughs> no
2: never absolutely not so where can
0: people find you Devin
2: Uh, well y'all can find me on uh, Twitter or Instagram and uh, not lately on Twitch but if you, you want to um, I'm hoping to start streaming again sometime this year shrug <laughs> and my my handle there is uh m e r e w y r d name change woo <laughs>
0: And how about you, Tom? Um
1: really, the only two things that you can follow me on and I barely post, so I apologize for the limited internet presence, but uh, I am on uh YouTube. Uh, I do car videos for, uh, building truck and that kind of thing um and if you're at all interested in that you can find me at tomakaze or t-o-m-a-k-z-e on youtube and uh, it isn't it is misspelled so don't don't do that you know phonetically and uh the same exact name on instagram and the same content i am a very interesting and diverse person
0: <laughs> you know what you like and you know what you don't like
1: but i guess so yeah <laughs> and that's about it
0: And uh, people can find me on Twitch and various other places as uh, JC JCSiron, J-C-S-I-R-R-O-N. I I have been doing game design, so most of the stuff I do is game design related. So if you're interested in that, give me a follow. Well, Mm -hmm. this has been the Adventure Mechanics, and we will talk to you next time.
2: Bye.
1: Goodbye. Thanks for listening.